everyone. Welcome to another episode of Crime Talk with TNZ. I'm Ellie. And I'm Rhiannon. Make sure wherever you're listening to us that you hit that follow or subscribe button and tell your friends to listen to us. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, make sure to give us five stars. Be sure to also follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We'd really appreciate it. Today we're going to talk about the murder of Breck Bednar. Before we dive into the greedy details of this story... I want people to know that this episode is based on a recent prolific murder that took place in the UK. The reason why this story stands out so much is because we currently live in a world where we're constantly connected to strangers at the push of a button, be it on our phones, computers, gaming consoles, through Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram, you name it. It is extremely easy to connect and interact with people, and this is exactly what happened to Brett Bednar. He was groomed, manipulated, and isolated from his friends and family through the course of a year before being murdered. Breck Bednar was born on March 17, 1999. He was a 14-year-old from the UK born to Barry Bednar and Lauren Lafayette. His parents are actually from the U.S. and they had moved to England about two to three years before Breck was born. In an interview, his mom said that they moved to England because she thought it would be a good place to raise her children away from gun crime that scared her in the United States. Breck was described by his siblings and and his friends as a loving, warm-hearted, charming young man with a great personality and he was a great older brother as well as a role model to his siblings he had three younger siblings they were triplets okay Breck was passionate about computers and gaming and anytime his mom had any technical difficulties with her computer or needed technical help in any way she would turn to him for help he was a good student a good son and he was just all around helpful going into the ninth grade Breck switches schools And he begins to attend St. Bede's School in Surrey. So everyone understands in the UK, Breck was already in secondary school, which is 7th through 13th grade. What is 8th grade for us is grade 9 over there. Where is Surrey exactly in England? Actually, I didn't know myself because I'm not familiar with the UK areas. But I looked it up and it's actually just south of London and that's where they lived. He wasn't too thrilled about switching schools, but you can't really blame him. No kid wants to switch schools after already having a steady group of friends. Even though he wasn't thrilled about switching schools, it didn't last long before he began to make friends. He was invited to join an online gaming group, and he also joined something called the Air Training Corps 135 Squadron, which is a British volunteer military youth organization. So like our ROTC. Yeah, I think that would be the easiest way to find an equivalent for that. His friends say that he had a similar humor to them. He was a great student. He got along with everyone around him. Breck would spend his free time after school with his new friends and online servers playing games with them. His friends hosted servers for each other, and that's how they met. So a server is like a, a network. Yeah, it's a, like Minecraft has servers, and people can host them, so that's where people go in to play. Okay. That's how some of them actually met, and even though they're all in the same town, they would communicate through something called TeamSpeak. Um, my knowledge is solely knowing how to play the games, like Super Mario, Mario Kart, Zelda. They're older games. Oh, yeah. I, me too. Like, 
I only play Sims and Mario Kart. I don't know how to have a server or anything like that. Yeah, I play Sims 2 occasionally. I was aware that people create servers for other gamers to join, but honestly, I wouldn't be able to tell you how to set one up. And it turns out that Breck and his friends actually played in the same servers as Louis Danes. Louis was a recluse and a loner. His parents were divorced, and according to some articles, he was taken to local authority after his mother abandoned him, causing him to go into foster care. He was on his own from the age of 16 going forward, and he found solace in video games, and I think that's very common in generations our age and probably younger. Yeah, when you're not happy in the real world, you find an alternative to be happy in. Yeah, you and find a video escape. games is like that for people. Bright was super passionate uh, about things like developing, computer coding, and anything that had to do with technology. He was very impressionable though, and I think Danes noticed that right away. I think that Lewis thought of Breck as an easy target because they had gaming and programming in common. Breck thought that this was a friendship, a mentorship, but Lewis really had other things in mind. Lewis began to lie about himself, about his life, and in this since he learned as much as he could about Breck while isolating him in the process. From what I've learned about him, Lewis was a 17-year-old with extreme and odd interests. He owned the group's favorite server because it was really fast, it could host a lot of people, apparently it had a lot of memory, which like I said, I don't understand any of that. Like to it was me like it's the best server possible. Yeah. Other than saying his name and that he owned the server, he didn't really give any other information about himself. And he was older than the boys who were between 13 to 14 years of age at the time, but they all really looked up to him and they admired him since he made it seem like he knew so much and he would encourage them to code. Like he was like, you guys can do this, you guys can do that, you guys should code, you should make your own servers. So he was somebody that they looked up to. So essentially he made the server to attract younger boys so he could potentially find somebody to prey on. Yeah, exactly. He, it's an easy way to like befriend kids. He casted a net hoping to get some fish. Mm-hmm. Of all of his friends, Breck was the one who knew the most and he showed the most interest towards computer engineering. Uh, Breck's dad even said that he was always fixing things when he was young and he even built his own gaming computer. Since Lewis showed that he knew so much, Breck naturally looked up to him. Lewis spent a long time all over the internet scouring and looking for younger gamers to play with and to befriend. Uh, Breck was an easy target because of his passion and drive to make a career of computer engineering. And from what you said, he was just a really nice person. He probably didn't even think that there could be... yeah. A bad person in the gaming community. Exactly, since Danes was so encouraging and he would also tell Breck that he lived in New York and he was testing online security for the U.S. government. He alluded to the fact that he was a hacker but never really confirmed it under the guise of, I can't disclose it because that's like confidential. He also told them that he was the owner of a massive tech company, like think like a Snapchat or a Facebook a millionaire, and as if that wasn't enough, he told Breck and his friends that he had over 2 million in Bitcoin. Which back then, this is like when the Bitcoin was bursting and like people were like, oh, you need to invest in Bitcoin because you'll be rich in a few years. No. I don't trust cryptocurrency personally, but apparently this was very cool to these kids. 
If you could see my eyes rolling <laughs> right now. I mean, that's crazy. He's like 18, saying that he's a millionaire. How did they not Google him? Exactly. I would have Googled him. I would have been like, who is this guy? Louis Danes. Let's see how serious this is. Yeah. But when you're veiling everything and mystery and you're vague, it's really enticing to these kids. It's like, oh my God, all of this is classified. He can't really tell us. So why would he lie? Right. He's painting a picture and they're, they're believing it. He would tell them that he was traveling the world that he had his own apartment. And that was basically Breck's dream. Being a tech mogul, traveling the world, owning his company, being a millionaire. And it just, it's, he made it seem like it was the perfect lifestyle. Breck's mom would say that whenever that she went into the room, that Breck would give his friends a heads up that his mom was in the room and everyone would quiet down except for Louis. The classic, shh, shh, my mom's coming. My brother would do the same thing whenever he was gaming, probably because they were saying things that they should not have been saying. Definitely cursing. Definitely, because when my brother was gaming, I would overhear some things that I was like, because your mama with that mouth? <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, Breck's mom would say that whenever she walked in the room, they would quiet down, but Louis wouldn't. And he would very confidently acknowledge her. He would go as far as being like, hey, mom, how are you doing? How's your day? And she would sometimes respond. Um, she would say things like, how are you? What are you up to? How's New York? And per usual, he would just be very vague. She started to question what was wrong with him. Mind you, he's 18, 19, and she knows this. And she would wonder, why is he playing video games with kids four to five years younger than him instead of going out with friends Maybe going to a club or a park or having a girlfriend, going on date night, nothing. Yeah. I mean, typically you only hang out with someone that much younger than you when it's a sibling. Yeah, I think the last time I hung out with kids younger than me was when I was in drama club in high school and it was because I was a senior and they were freshmen. Right, I was about to say, and then that's the other connection is when you're like in school and you're an upperclassman or a lowerclassman. Exactly. All of these boys were connected with each other through social media as well. The older boys thought it was kind of odd that, yeah, they all knew each other. They knew what they looked like because sometimes they would hang out together. And they would chat on Facebook and Skype. But Lewis was not on social media at all. So they had no idea what he even looked like. Nope. And he didn't have anything. Nothing. No Instagram, no Snapchat, no Facebook. They had no clue. Breck's friend Tom said that one night Breck was at his house for a sleepover and they were Skyping with Danes and everything around him was so dark that he was essentially silhouetted. They couldn't see his face or make out any features. That's a major red flag to me. Like, that's catfish stuff right there. Lewis would compliment Breck all the time. He would tell him everything you want to hear. You're smart, you're bright, you're talented. He would tell him how brilliant his future would be, etc. Basically, anything that a young kid with a passion wants to hear, that's what he was hearing all the time. Even though Breck's mom would be like, but don't you think it's weird? He doesn't go out. He's always like playing games. Like if he's in New York, there's a time difference. Mm -hmm. Like it's probably really late at night in London and it's like very early in the morning in New York. So why is this guy talking to some kids no and all this complimenting and being nice he was 
essentially grooming him, you know? And I don't think everybody realizes that grooming isn't always sexual. Grooming is sometimes more subtle. It's the constant attention and compliments and trying to alienate the victim and making them see things your way with Mm -hmm. a certain purpose and therefore gaining their trust. And it only took Louis six months to gain enough of Breck's trust to convince him to talk privately on a different channel. The way he would continue to manipulate and grooming him without raising any other kid's suspicion was by getting him on a separate channel by himself that nobody else had access to. Lewis would try to tell Breck and his and Breck's friends that the mainstream news and the media were distorting the truth, that they should stop reading mainstream media, that they should like go into like the deep web for their news. Um, he would try to tell them basically what to believe. Breck's friends described him as a liberal individual and even went as far as telling them that on a specific day that he was going to fly to Syria to fight with the rebels. And they bid him farewell. They were like, goodbye, good luck, blah, 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 blah. The day that he was supposed to get on the plane, after maybe five, six hours, Lewis goes back online. And they're like, what are you doing? Are you in Syria yet? And he's like, no. My flight was canceled due to an explosion in Baghdad. And they, they believe him? I guess so. Um, but isn't it crazy? I'm going to go fight with these rebels, but never mind because there was an explosion, so I can't fly there anymore. After a while, some of the older boys were like, they started to catch on. They were like, he's always a jerk. He's very sarcastic and dismissive. His stories aren't adding up. So they stopped believing that he lived in America and they began to doubt if he was who he said he was. I mean, the last little lie that you just, well, not really little. It's a a big lie. lie. (laughs) That last lie you just said, I think, posed a huge red flag. And since Lewis was the owner of the server, it was basically a dictatorship. He would kick anyone out if he felt annoyed by them or if he felt like they were calling him out on his BS. He would be like, okay. You're banned. You're getting booted out of the server. So if you didn't agree with him or say anything that he liked, you were gone. And therefore, the circle is getting smaller and and smaller. smaller. Exactly. Um, His friends were obviously taken aback by this, considering Breck didn't even know who Louis was in real life. Because Breck kept defending him like, oh, like he's not that bad. He's a really nice guy. He's really supportive. But they thought that he was paying too much attention to Dane's. His friends began to warn Breck because they realized how crappy he was being and how he treated Breck and everybody else. Good, they're they're finally seeing that he's not a good guy. Yeah, but Breck wasn't realizing this. Right. So the straw that broke the camel's back was when Lewis told Breck that he overheard his friends on another channel talking smack about him. And of course he believed Lewis. Yeah, they they told Breck um, that they were scared that Lewis was weird, but then Lewis joined the server, basically, and would just counterattack with everything they say. So he was creeping on them. And so now, essentially, what's happening is Lewis is becoming Breck's only friend. One of Breck's friends finally decided he had enough because he was tired of being bullied. He was tired of getting kicked out of the server, and he left the gaming group. But unfortunately, that's the last time that he had a conversation with Breck. 
After this, it all went downhill. Brett quit his extracurricular activities, he was completely isolated, he stopped showing up to his squadron meetings, and he would bail on his friends, making excuses about being busy. It was a total 180 turn, and everyone began to notice something just wasn't right. Well, no, he was focused on getting home so he could get on the computer and talk with Lewis. Mm-hmm. And this huge shift in Breck's behavior, um, it didn't, it wasn't limited to just his friends. He began to act out at home. He was rebelling. He was moody. He began to play with the headphones on. And whatever, Breck's mom would come into the room to tell him to do chores at the table, whatever. Um, it was as if she wasn't talking to him because he couldn't hear her. And then he was pretty much, he was closing out the, the, outside, world. the outside world. Exactly. And whenever she would come in the room and she was talking to him, Breck would literally have Louis whispering in his ear, you don't have to listen to your mom. Like, you don't have to do what she says. You're a grown boy. Lauren finally had enough, and she confronted Louis about it through online chat. What did she say to him? She essentially uh, confronted Louis and asked him why he was trying to tell her how to raise her son. And he responded with, well, he doesn't like going to church. Why are you forcing him to? And she would respond that, This was a one-hour-a-week commitment, and it was something that they do together as a family. He would tell her that he shouldn't have to do chores when his siblings were the ones that were making the messes. And I don't know about you, but in my household, whether I made the mess or my brothers did, um, it didn't matter. You're collaborating, and you're helping out around the house, Um, especially in shared spaces. Yeah, I I don't even think my mom would even really, like, request us to help out. It was just, like, a given. We automatically Mm -hmm. did it. He would tell Lauren that Breck was a good boy, that he got good grades, he didn't do drugs, and he would tell her to just let him be. But she's the mother. She's the adult, and she is the parent in the situation. So she put her foot down. Uh, She couldn't keep going back and forth with this child, and she had to lay down the law as a parent. Um... I wouldn't go back on my rules either. Like, who who are you to tell me how to raise my kid? You're an eight, a kid you're, yourself. You're yeah. an 18-year-old. I, I don't even think I would have had the conversation, to be honest. Yeah, exactly. Um, Louis kept on his mission, though. He kept telling Breck to rebel. He would tell him that his mom was manipulative and abusing him and that he didn't have to listen to his parents. Because... Doing chores is abuse. Yeah, 100%. And he's the one doing all the manipulating. But Breck would defend Louis anytime anyone would bring up how strange he was. Uh, But at the end of the day, it's his parents' job to protect him. And his parents, there's no way for them to know that this wasn't a 50-year-old pedophile on the other side of the screen. So Lauren decided to call the police on Louis. She wanted to know if he had any sort of record... So she told the police the only information she had about him. His full name, that he was 18, originally from Essex, and they told her they would check the system and get back to her. Lauren went even as far as setting up a meeting with other parents of kids that had been in contact with Breck and Lewis. And Breck told Lewis about this meeting. He was like, look, my parents, they want to set up a meeting. It's ridiculous. Like, I'm scared. And Lewis was like, record this meeting and that way we have proof that you're the one being abused but I don't think that was it 
I don't no. think. He wanted the recording so he could know what they were discussing and he could have the upper hand. Exactly. In some type of situation. It, Did the police ever get back to her? Actually, they wouldn't get back to her with the information that she requested until after his murder. At this meeting, Brett backed down um, after a lot of back and forth, and he said he would distance himself from Lewis, and he agreed with his parents that he would keep Lewis out of the picture. But that obviously didn't work. No. And they even took away his computer and his gaming things for a while, and obviously Brett was upset by this. I've had my phone taken away as a teen, and I was very unhappy about it. So it's understandable, but his parents had his best interest at heart. So I don't blame them. No, me neither. Despite all of this and Lauren watching Breck like a hawk, trying to listen in for any aliases or anything of the sort, under the radar, they kept in touch. Wait, so even with the computers being taken away... That still didn't prevent any contact. No, because it's been nine months of this. Lewis wasn't going to back down so easily. And after talking to Breck every day, there was no way he was going to let go. So what he did to be able to speak to Breck was that he secretly mailed Breck a new phone. And obviously, since his parents thought he was a changed boy, they gave him back his computer equipment. In February 2014, Breck went on a field trip to Spain. When he got back, he was picked up from the airport by Barry. His dad says that Breck seemed confident, that he had grown a few inches, and he just looked all around happy. When they got back home, Breck asked for permission to go to a friend's house. And I'm going to quote what Barry said. He said, I was so happy that he wanted to go physically hang out with one of his friends instead of being on the computer that I said, okay. So he really thought, wow, this is a great change in my son. But Breck told him that he didn't need a ride, that he would be going to his friend Tom's house. But unfortunately, that was the last face-to-face conversation they had. After a few hours, Barry got a text from Breck that said that he would be sleeping over at Tom's house, that they had eaten pizza for dinner, and that they were working on some computer stuff they really wanted to finish. But Breck wasn't with his friend Tom. The following morning, Tom logged onto TeamSpeak and something just wasn't right. According to Tom, he was home alone and he woke up early because he had he didn't have much sleep the night before. So he was like, you know what? I'm just going to play some video games. When he was online, Lewis was online at the same time. Lewis told Tom that Breck had gone over to his house, that there had been an accident He said that Breck came over depressed and suicidal and that Breck tried to hurt himself with a knife and that Breck was dead. I can't imagine being 14 years old and somebody telling me that my friend is dead over the internet. It wasn't long before everybody began to talk about it though. When Breck's parents were being notified by police that Breck was dead, the triplets began getting texts from kids from the community asking if it was true that their brother was dead. And even pictures of Breck's dead body were circulating online. That escalated really quickly. Extremely. And imagine being a younger kid. I don't even know how old his siblings were. I think maybe they were 10 or 11. Yeah. I know they were younger than him. And to receive photos of your dead brother and to not hear it from your parents is just awful. So I have audio of the 911 call, so I'm going to play it for you guys. I want to thank 
YouTube account by Lex Kalia because this is where I'm getting the audio from. Essex Place Emergency. Hi there. Um... Okay. Uh, hello. Um, I need police and a forensic team to my address, please. What do you mean? What's happened? My friend and I got into an altercation and I'm the only one who came out alive. Are you telling me you've killed somebody? Yes, I am. Right, and who am I speaking to? My name is Lewis Baines, I'm 18 years old and I live... Right, okay. And what's actually happened? My friend came to stay the night with me yesterday, feeling very down, feeling suicidal. And I woke up this morning, he was in a mess, I tried to calm him down. I hugged him and said that I was there for him. He grabbed, he, he shrugged me off. Can you, can you just bear with me a second? Don't tell me anymore, okay? You're telling me he is definitely dead. I'm telling, yes, I'm telling you he's definitely dead. Give me a second. Right, okay, Louis, I need you to just take me back through that again. So what happened last night? Okay. He came to stay with me because he was feeling down. I tried What's to his name? Brett. B-R-E-C-K. Edna. B-E-D-N-E. Sorry. Uh, B-R-E-C-K. Brett. Yes. And then his surname is? Edna. B-E-D-N-E-R. Okay, so he came to stay with you. I can explain this to the officers when they I, I will just, I need to take these initial I, details. I know, I know. I, he came to stay with me the night. I did my best to comfort him. I woke up this morning. He was in a mess. I tried again. Right, just slow down again, Lewis. I need to take these details. So did you have an argument with him last night? No, we were fine. You were fighting? No, no, we were fine. We were fine last night. We both went to sleep. I said that we were fine. Okay, but wh wh why did he come to stay with you? Because he was fed up with his home life. Right, because he was fed up with his home he's life. Got, look, he's had a lot of problems. I've known him for a long time. He came to stay with me. I was in Thailand last week on holiday. He was in Spain on right, holiday. Right, okay, okay, okay. Back. So um, you both went to bed, and then what's happened this morning? I woke up. He was just standing up. He was in a mess. Hands on his face. I got up, I put my arms around him, and I said it was okay. He just shrugged me off and said no. Some, I can't remember exactly what he said. He, he was going on about how he didn't want to go home. He was fed up with his life, and he, he didn't want to go. Right, and okay. He... I have a pen knife on the side of... Sorry, in my room... Adjacent to my bed, I have a, a, a chest of drawers. After shaving the TV and stuff on there, I had a pen knife on there, folded. He picked it up, opened it, and then lost control. I slow down. Let me just let me just take those details here. Pen knife on the bedside table. Brett grabbed this. Yes. What in order to harm himself? No, in order to harm me. He opened it and right. then lost okay. control. To harm and opened it. Um, states he lost control. I, yep. in self-defense, put my left arm up to block him from 
stabbing me effectively. We struggled. I got him to the ground. He got up. I got the knife. Can you, can you not interrupt me with this part? Okay, go on. Okay. This is being recorded anyway, isn't it? Yep. <laughs> I grabbed a knife and I stabbed him once in the back of the neck, I believe somewhere near the brainstem. He turned around, tried to carry it on, and I, I think I stumbled on my chest of drawers. I fell over. I got back up, backed away, and then I, I don't remember exactly what happened but the fight ended with me cutting his throat i believe i turned around and i splashed his throat and he fell he fell face first on my bed i tried to stop the bleeding yep he fell onto the floor yeah couldn't stop it his throat was properly cut. And he's still on the floor? Yes. He fell onto the bed face first. I was tr- I was trying to compress the wound right, at okay. that time. And Lewis, are you still in the room where Breck is? No. Where are you? Look, this... Don't... Okay, don't interrupt me. Just let me explain this if this is being recorded. I didn't know what to do. I felt like... Right, is, is the, the house where you are is where you are and where Breck is, yeah? yeah? But felt, you're, you're in another room, are you? Yes, I felt like taking my own life. I, I, I don't remember what happened after that. All I know is I dropped the knife in my hallway. I stripped down and just sat in the shower. Right, you've left the weapon in the hallway. Yes. And have spent how long sitting in the shower? I, I, I don't know. Look, are, the, are the police on their way? I can hear something. They are, they are. Okay, I'm um, going to go and do my part. Please, thank you for your help. Right, just listen. Through that whole conversation, there was no emotion. No remorse. At all. Nothing. He was so dry, so matter of fact. Even to the point where he was getting annoyed with her for cutting him off. Well, and she needed to write down all the information, but he would just be like, don't interrupt me. Oh my um, gosh. And obviously, as it turns out, Lewis lied about everything. He lived in a small apartment in a not-so-nice area of Essex. New York was fake. The company was fake. Government contracts were fake. Breck's death sent shockwaves to all his friends, and they even had a hard time believing that Breck was suicidal. They thought Lewis's story was ludicrous. And even hearing that 911 call, I don't believe it. No. Like, not at all. After knowing everything, I don't believe Lewis at all. And I just wonder, at, like, what point did Breck realize that Lewis was a fraud? From the moment he showed up in Essex? Like, did he even send that text to his dad? Or did Lewis send the text to the dad? It's so hard to know. And, like... I'm sure at some point he was like, no, 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 I need to leave. Yeah, you just wonder if if he felt like he was in danger or if he felt alone as he died. Um, But when police walked into the apartment, obviously, based on that phone call and what police are saying, it was a pretty grim scene. You know, you find a dead kid in a pool of blood. Slashing someone's throat is messy. (laughs) Unfortunately, like, 
obviously, they found a bloodied up computer. They found torn up clothes. They were either torn or cut up clothes in the living room. Murder weapon was on the floor, as Lewis had said. There was duct tape in trash bins. According to one of the investigators, it looked like the duct tape that was in the bins looked as if they had been used to bind or restrain hands and feet. Oh my god, that's that's horrible. Yeah, they even found um, electronics in, like, soaking in water in a sink. So he was trying to destroy evidence. Mm -hmm. There was a couple cell phones, computers, and hard drives in the water. Uh, the laptop that was on the bed, you know how he said he fell face first onto the bed. That laptop was bloody. Um, Breck's cause of death was determined to be the stab wound to his neck. And it's just also grim and sad that Breck trusted this guy. And not only was he betrayed, but he was straight up murdered in cold blood. So did Lewis plead guilty? Did he admit to what he did? Lewis did not budge and... He said that he was innocent, and he kept his story of he killed Breck in self-defense. But evidence showed that three to four weeks, like almost a month before the killing took place, he had bought condoms and duct tape. So there was evidence that... He was kind of planning... He was planning this. Yeah, but also evidence showed that his contact with Breck never ceased. He died in February 2014, and emails were dating back to December. In an email, Lewis told Breck that his mom succeeded in isolating him and he really victimized himself. He would constantly demand attention. He made sure that Breck told no one that they were still in contact and he would be like, well, answer me. Like, why is it taking so long to answer my emails? Oh my God. Danes literally planned everything. In the email, he made sure to tell Breck exactly what to say on the day that they were supposed to meet. The ba- the cab had been pre-booked two weeks or prior to that. It was fully an executed plan. Oh yeah, so this totally shows premeditation. 100%. Lewis was obsessive and controlling. He was messed up from his childhood and there were sexual allegations against Lewis made by a 15-year-old. One of Lewis's old classmates said that he didn't have any friends and that he was bullied. After 10 months of investigating, police found out why Breck ended up going to meet Lewis and how Breck met his fate. Lewis told his biggest lie ever. He told Breck that he was terminally ill and that he needed to set up a meeting to sign over his company to Breck. So Breck's lifelong dream was going to be fulfilled in his mind. Exactly. Oh, I'm going to be a multimillionaire technology company owner at 14. He planned for it for when Breck got back from his trip. It's absolutely crazy the lengths that Lewis went to manipulate this poor kid. On the day of the trial, there were witnesses that were going to take the stand. Some of those witnesses were Breck's friends. The boys from the server. Mm-hmm. Boys from the server, boys from school. But Lewis pleaded guilty before trial began. So they were spared having to testify. Mm-hmm. He pleaded guilty and he was convicted of murder with sadistic and sexual intent. And he was sentenced to life. That's good. He won't be able yeah. to hurt anybody else. Breck Bedner's death actually started a movement. His family created the Breck Foundation in order to promote online safety, raise awareness about online risks, 
and to educate parents and kids about things they should be looking out for and red flags that they should pay attention to. It is important to note that anyone can be targeted and groomed. Predators don't discriminate. I also want to point out that, look, Lewis was an 18-year-old boy. He isn't the typical predator that we always hear about, the older guy. Mm-hmm. Predators come in an array of people also. If you see something, say something, report it to your local authorities. And if you're a younger person listening out there, if you see strange behavior online, notify an adult. If you want to get more informed, you can visit www.breckfoundation.org and www.unicef.org. If you are in the U.S., www.ice.gov predator has material pertaining to the subject of child exploitation and grooming. Suspected child sexual exploitation, grooming, or missing children can also be reported to the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. You can also call them at 1-800-843-5678 or go to www.cybertipline.com. And we will have all that information for you in the description of this episode and on our social media outlets. Yes. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Crime Talk with TNZ. I know there are a lot of crime podcasts out there to choose from. We will have new episodes for you every week. Check out our Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook page and let us know if there are any cases you want us to talk about. Crime Talk with TNZ is hosted by Rhiannon Torino and Elizabeth Zambrano. Our music is by Elizabeth Zambrano. Our logo is by Alexander Zust.